0: Welcome back to another episode of the CrossFit Bath podcast. As always, I am Jason. A little bit tired today because I've just finished a workout, which was probably a very bad idea. But we have a a wonderful guest today. So we are with Dan LeHoury. Good. Close enough? Close enough, close enough, I'll take that. So Dan is... Well, Dan, who are you for anyone that doesn't know who who you are?
1: Well, to be honest, most of the people that won't know me are going to be in in Bath. So I am one of the part-time coaches at, at the bridge, so... Do an evening or two a week, and you'll see me sort of every other Saturday down at the bridge. So okay, so
0: that's who you are. But we're going to get into more detail on that in a minute. But as you know, before we can talk about these serious CrossFit-related things, it's very important that we warm up. Dan, warm up,
1: always good. Good workout follows a good warm up.
0: Yeah, as a coach, you should know this. I'm sure exactly. you're you're <laughs> famous for taking people through warm ups. So I've got a few warm up questions for you. Quite interesting ones today, I think. The first one's coming from Ryan Butlin who asks, would you rather be really strong but look weak or weak but look strong?
1: I'd probably go really strong but look weak because being strong is useful, but looking strong necessarily <laughs> isn't necessarily that useful. You can get away with, with the looks.
0: Yeah, so like a surprise attack.
1: Yeah, exactly. Want.
0: Nice. I imagine that would help. that's how it would go, um, sort of knowing a little <laughs> bit about you. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's going to, Need the strength. <laughs> now, talking of being strong, that might be important for our second warm-up question. Uh, this is from Matt longshaw who asks: Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck <laughs> or a hundred duck-sized horses?
1: Yeah, so I've I've pondered this one a few times actually, and I think I would go with the one hundred duck-sized horses, purely because you can sort of tackle them in little chunks. But one one horse-sized duck—that's just going to be—that's just too much for one man, I think.
0: So it's sort of like a chipper versus a one rep max. Exactly, yeah, can, yeah, yeah. Can chip through ten horses at a
1: time so yeah. without a break. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, I imagine it's going to be difficult to catch all a hundred
1: horses. That's, I think. Well, if they, if they if they disappear, then you don't have to worry about them as well. So
0: that's true. That's what you think until you sort yeah. of go, go into bed in the evening and suddenly this one horse just <laughs> jumps out. Yeah. Surprise attack once again. But you'll be fine because you, you're, you look weak, but you're really strong. So we've, we've established yeah. that. Lull them into a false sense of security. So finally, it's going to be my question. Now, I'm pretty sure you're going to know what my question is. So you may have had a chance to think about it beforehand. <laughs> but that is when we're filming this notorious CrossFit bath, the movie, who are you picking to play you?
1: Who am I picking to play me? I'd probably want someone who was fairly sophisticated, so not one of these trashy action actors. I like to think I'm quite funny as well, so I'd go probably someone like Robin Williams because, besides the fact that he's funny, I just think he's a class actor. Yeah. Unfortunately, no longer with us. But I was going to say we found you know this one yeah. small limitation here. But if any, if it was anyone. All right, so I.
0: It's a good answer. What I don't like about the answer is you have now like knocked the door down for future guests to be able to, you know, I'll have Charlie Chaplin. He'll do a great job. pulling <laughs> anyone from history. But I mean, is that any stranger than you know Ed? You you wouldn't have heard Ed's episode yet. Hasn't no, been released no, no, no. as of recording. Uh, he went with George Clooney. So, well, you know, and I mean Shax thinks he's Brad Pitt. <laughs> what, what can I say at this point? Yeah, I
1: think it probably tells you a lot about different people. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Robin Williams. Brilliant. Okay. Well, we'll, I mean, with CG now, they brought back Tarkin for Rogue One. I'm pretty I'm sure. Like, yeah. Pretty sure we can do something.
1: Excellent. Oh, feeling warm. Oh, I'm always feeling
0: warm, mate. I, I run hot. So. See, <laughs> so you don't even need a warm up. What are we, we <laughs> going to do? What a waste of time. So our main topic today, main topic, is uh, first to get a little bit of, of information about you and your background, because obviously, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've spoken to you mainly in response to Star Wars memes. I think yeah. it's been 90% of our communication up until this point. So there's a lot I don't know. So it'd be nice to find out a little bit about you as one of the coaches, uh, especially for those in, in Bath that maybe have only seen you if there's been a kind of throw down between the two boxes, something like that. Uh, and then we wanted to talk about the fact that obviously with Shacks and Ed's, we've talked a lot about the the large majority of people that have started doing crossfit and the reasons behind why they train and you know fat mm-hmm. loss or general health to play with their kids uh, but obviously we have a lot of people that also compete in local competitions and uh, uh view crossfit also sort of as, as a sport for them as well uh, and we know that you're more in that category as well so it'd be nice to to also do something for them and not <laughs> not you know condemn them for daring to push hard during this time of crisis so just to begin then Dan how did you find CrossFit?
1: Um, well so I, I used to play rugby quite a lot when I was a teenager um, and it got to the point where just after I finished uni I had quite a bad knee knee injury a complete ACL tear had to have it repaired and that basically ended my my rugby career um, and about the same time I'd met my now wife Chrissy. And um, we were both in Guernsey at the time. And she was just about to start a new degree. Um, So she was moving across to the UK to to start a degree as a a mature student. Um, So I moved across about six months after she did. And we both ended up living in Bath. And actually, funny you say that most of the Bath people won't know me, but we actually started our CrossFit career at the Box in Bath. So this was back before the bridge had even opened. And that was back in, I think, 2004. 14, 2015 so about four or five years ago now yeah and basically uh we just we'd heard about this thing called crossfit we'd heard people say oh, it was really good especially like for people who used to play sports because it's quite quite competitive it's it's a bit more challenging than your typical sort of gym routine so we went down gave that gave a try and after the intros we were just completely hooked (laughs) couldn't keep us away to be honest so yeah we spent about two two years I think it was at the gym in Bath then we spent then we moved to Cornwall for a year and a half and then we moved back and now we're back we're sort of closer to Trowbridge so now that's obviously our our base and I didn't actually get into coaching until um, the period when we were in Cornwall so
0: yeah I I do realize that when I'm saying most people don't do I'm clearly projecting myself (laughs) (laughs) onto the rest of the members but Uh, let's say any of the more recent members in Mm. Bath might not know who you are Uh, yeah they might maybe everybody knows you and I'm I'm on the outskirts I don't know my
1: reputation might precede me
0: (laughs) most likely so uh, I just wanted to ask then obviously you know you'd had this injury that sort of stopped your your rugby career we could say Mm. and then you found CrossFit when you moved here what were you doing in between were you still you know keeping fit or was fitness sort of something that had been pushed to the side at that point
1: well so it was actually quite a short period so um i i completely ruined my knee in september um and then by april i had moved over to the uk so in that six month period six seven months was basically like rehab time so had the operation got on with the rehab and was just trying to tick over in that time and then when we when we got here in like april may time is when we started CrossFit and that's when again really honestly the CrossFit helped with the rehabilitation process as well so yeah it, it all happened so quickly to be honest that there wasn't really like a period in the middle where I was just like what do I do because it, it was like one thing almost straight to another so
0: okay it's interesting that you you know you're saying how it helped sort of with the rehabilitation of the of the knee because I think when you know back on the episode with um, with Sean when we were talking about injuries in CrossFit and mm. we were saying how many people like, especially when you look at like games athletes and ones like that quite often you know they came over from another sport and very often it was when something had happened that basically prevented them from being yeah. competitive in that sport anymore and mm-hmm. then obviously if you know down the line in a competition you know shoulder goes knee goes something like that it's usually that was the injury that they had from that previous sport and it isn't yeah. that oh i did crossfit and i had a you know so like you for example yeah. so i do crossfit and now i've hurt my knee so you know my knee was was a problem, and then CrossFit was something I could still do despite that. So it's yeah. just interesting is it, that we see kind of a a living example <laughs> of that <laughs> locally in in the box. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I, I think, particularly with where sort of the, the the period that we're at at the moment compared to when CrossFit, like the sports side of it, the fitness racing side of it, started up, you're going to see a lot of people um, probably in my generation, so like for twenty to thirty five who are ex sports people in other areas. But I think what's going to be really interesting to see going forwards is all these kids that are CrossFit as their sport, fitness racing as their sport. So they're coming up. They're not, they may be dabbling in like football rugby or whatever, but like their main focus is, is fitness racing. And so as they come up, it'll be interesting to see, and Sean's probably thought about this God, 10 times over to see how their sort of um, sport career goes in terms of like injuries and fitness and, Overall health as well, rather than coming from one sport, ending themselves there, and then moving into something else. So, uh,
0: I think they're going to be absolute monsters. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: When you see ones like um Haley Adams,
0: yeah, sort of just transitioned up from the teen to to the kind of uh, standard. I don't know what to call it—the RX di- division. She's, mm. you know, um, so young
1: and yet, like, yeah. you know,
0: keeping pace and throwing down with all these these big athletes
1: yeah it's mad as there's um there's a lad from the uk actually Taz nadim you might have heard of him um and he qualified through to the crossfit games obviously i don't think he's gonna be able to go um he's he's dual national afghan and british so he managed to qualify through um on his afghan nationality but he's an absolute monster like i think he's got like 150 kilo snatch or something and he's he's like just turned 18 or something it's it's scary it's scary (laughs) Yeah, it's just not right is it no exactly <laughs>
0: okay um yeah lost my this is the mistake of training before doing this <laughs> brain is all over the place uh so i suppose now it would be a, a good time to then sort of talk about this on sport side of things seeing as we're we've, we've sort of moved into that so for you obviously you know you're, you're saying that you're not you're saying you said to me before this so people don't i'm not judging him but, <laughs> you, you know, you're not aiming, I imagine, to be you know, throwing down with Matt Fraser at the CrossFit Games. Mm. No, no. You might not. be. I don't know. I don't want to shatter your dreams. <laughs> but I'm guessing that's not your goal.
1: Yeah, no, I've, I've certainly got a streak of realism.
0: So then why, you know, why are you, say, competing? Or what What drives you then to to do this side of CrossFit?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. And um, I suppose it, it sort of leads on from what we talked about with with. The, the people that transition from one sport into into the sport of CrossFit or, or fitness racing. And and really it came about as that, um, because of that kind of career ending injury on, uh, from playing rugby, there was almost like training for, for health and fitness is great for me, but there was always that little bit missing in terms of like a, a not necessarily an end goal, but almost like a target to hit. And I, um, I'm sure a lot of people who have played amateur or professional sports in the past will sort of relate with this, having that that competitive element to to your training or knowing that you're training for something competitive and you're training with a with a view to to achieve something um, that's more than sort of just like physique or, or general health. It's it's kind of like a little addictive, really. And once you once you've sort of tasted it in one sport or another. You almost want to keep it there. So, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm by no means the best athlete in the world. I, I would describe myself as distinctly average at, at CrossFit.
0: That worries me because I don't know, you know, I would describe myself as distinctly
1: average at CrossFit. But if you're saying you're average, I realise I am now. <laughs> Along with that streak of realism, I'm also, I like to think of myself as fairly modest. So let, let's, let's just go with that. But just, just having that, that goal to aim for. So knowing, right, I've got a competition in six months and I don't want to completely embarrass myself. So, you know, you've got these goals and these aspirations to work towards. I think it's, it's just that extra element of drive that some people really like or really need. Um, so for me, that's what it does. It sort of fills fills that gap almost that that rugby, the competitive side of rugby, left behind. So at the end of the day, the you know the question
0: that that Shacks sort of tried to have everybody ask themselves the the why do you train? Mm. It, it's exactly the same, isn't it? Like obviously, a lot of the members the why do you train is I need to lose weight or I want mm-hmm. to, you know, be able to play with my kids when yeah. when they're older things like that. That is the why yeah absolutely. So you've done that. you've got, like, why do I train?" And it is well, I, you know I have this competitive streak that I used to uh, you know, channel into this one sport. That door got closed, and now I've found another way to, to do it. Yeah I, I think it's interesting the idea of having a goal uh, as well and sort of having a deadline, I suppose, is, mm. is the difference, because I guess we all have a goal. Yeah. Um, and the goal might be i want to lose you know x amount of weight or i want to gain x amount of muscle those goals can be quite flexible yeah uh, with it with regards to time frame i suppose yeah. obviously there's someone who's like i have a wedding and i want to lose x amount of weight before the wedding yeah it gives them sort of a deadline but for most of us we're like you know i want to lose lose a bit of weight and i've got the next 20 years to get to the weight i want to be at whereas i suppose if you've got on your calendar, this throwdown is mm. on this day. You know That's going to probably keep you a little bit more accountable.
1: For yeah, your I mean, it's one of, the, sort of the, the key elements of goal setting. I mean, you could talk about any goal. So you, we talk a bit there about competitions. I've got a competition in six months, and I need to make sure that I can do X, Y, and Z by then. But also in terms of these more, you might call them sort of fluffy goals. So I want to lose a bit of weight. Rather than saying, simply, I want to lose a bit of weight, the way to, as you say, keep accountability is to use, I'm sure loads of people have heard this before, the mnemonic SMART, so a SMART goal. So specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. So when you take all those elements together, that time-bound element obviously there, it's really important because if you say, I want to do this, but don't set yourself a time, that's, that's where you get into the realms of, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. But I'll do it next week. Diet starts next week, or or whatever. Like, our fitness regime starts next month, and it's always important to to like, even with those goals that that aren't necessarily time bound through a specific date that you're set to. With, for example, an event or a competition, it's always important to set yourself that kind of realistic date in the future and make sure you know why you're doing it, what you're, how you're going to achieve it. Make sure you can track your progress and set yourself a deadline to, to sort of try and hit that target to keep yourself accountable. Otherwise, yeah, you will just sort of slip off the wagon. And that that talks to everything, like any sort of goal you're trying to set.
0: Yeah, I suppose the, the difference then for your goal is that you
1: are going to be <clears throat> doing that in front of
0: a number of people. <laughs> so yeah. like if, yeah. if my goal is to lose, you know, this a certain amount of weight, I've set my time limit and I hit that time limit and I jump on the scales and I'm like, ah, failed it's it's me and my scales that see mm-hmm. that but whereas you know if you're like i'm gonna do this and then yeah. you go to that competition and you you know for lack of a better word embarrass yourself because yeah, you've, you've skipped x number of training days yeah that's sort of especially if you're you're on a team or something yeah you feel like you're letting down, so, down yeah certainly more team. public <laughs> obviously we're currently uh in quite a challenging time with regards to training in general and speaking with um, with Shaxx on the, the previous episode and a little bit with Ed, we covered this as well. A lot of us are being, i say more, I don't want to say more realistic, but we're understanding that okay, at the moment, my you know the, this was my goal, this was my plan, this is how I want. You know, maybe it was that goal to lose weight, and perhaps I had my time limit, and I was like, well, by this date, I expect to have lost this much weight. And once the lockdown started and I realized, I, oh, you know, I'm very limited in maybe the equipment I have or, you know, and I'm always at home with the food and I've got my kids, so I'm homeschooling and things like that. It might be that some people start, you know, adjusting their goals to hmm. fit the new situation, which is correct really, isn't it? Because it would be unrealistic to assume what you were doing before and what you're doing after can be identical. Uh, obviously somebody who wants to compete and their goal wants you know, competitions start again, and the lockdown mm. ends, uh, you you need to, as much as possible, I suppose, maintain a level of, of fitness, and, you know, in an ideal world, increase <laughs> that, that level. So yeah. how how are you approaching that, considering the current climate and the current situation that we're in? And, and, I mean, and then how can we maybe apply that to those that are like you, this, you know, they're doing CrossFit, because they like to compete, they like the sport yeah. side of things, and they're you know they're also trapped at home
1: yeah it's, it's interesting because um a lot of this advice that i that i've sort of been giving myself on 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 this topic sort of it rings true again with those that that general population like you said about um just wanting to to maintain health and fitness and those sorts of things and i think it all, all hinges on when we talked about the smart goals that a so achievable so, so what is actually achievable given the equipment you've got, given the timeframes you've got, given the availability, given the stress that you're under? Because I'm sure Shaxwood talked a lot about this on, on his podcast about the different stressors, like exercise is just another stressor on top of things like work and family commitments, even money at this, this time or, or concerns about health um, with the, the pandemic and stuff like that. So it's all about thinking, right, what can I actually achieve now, given what I've got? What can I do with what I've got? And then rather than th- trying to stick with your old goals and say, right, I'm going to try and hit that goal with what I've got, you need to look at it and say, right, well, what do I need to change in terms of that goal, given what I can achieve? So what what is realistic and what is achievable, given everything that I've got? Now, the other thing to remember is that Whilst people are going to vary in terms of what they've got to work with, everyone's in the same boat in that no one's going to be competing for for at least six months to a year. I don't think like even the competitions that that are looking to go ahead in like August, September, October time. I think they're probably being quite optimistic, (laughs) if I'm honest. So that's another thing to remember: is is like focus on your own game. I guess is, is is the message. Like you know where you're at. You know where you want to get to. You know what you can get to given what you've got. Block everyone else out. Don't think, oh, if I go to a competition in, in October, I'm not going to be as fit as the next guy because he's got a squat rack and a salt bike and a pull-up bar and I've only got a dumbbell. Who cares? Just do what you can do with what you've got and just set your goals based on what you've got. And again, like I said, that applies to, to people who are thinking of doing competitive fitness racing. And people that are just doing CrossFit to, to stay fit. like They know that they're not going to necessarily be achieving the goals that they would have been able to if they had the coach-led classes and the, the box available to them and all the weird and wonderful different pieces of kit. They've, they've just got a dumbbell and a skipping rope now. doesn't matter. You can still achieve something with that. You just need to reframe what your goal is and what your objectives are for the time that you're limited on things. And then just know that, that once things are back to normal, you can pick up from there and then reset your goals again and, and then start moving forward in the direction that you want to. Do you think there's a, I mean, from what you're, from what you're
0: saying, uh, do you think a lot of it is going to be on the, the mental side more than the, the physical side then? Um, obviously a, again, you know, the comparison we've made on, on previous episodes, uh, or even in the, the coaches Q and A that you were, you were at as well. There, there was that idea of, you know, somebody who, has you know somebody who has 20 pull-ups 20 strict pull-ups before the lockdown and when they come back to the lockdown they have 50 uh, they come back after they have you know 15 so that that that's you know disappointing isn't it that you hmm. you lost 5 but it's not the end of the world versus somebody who has just got that first strict pull-up yeah and then comes back and they don't have it anymore and there can be that kind of mental battle right that oh, I can't believe I've lost this yeah but for a for a lot of us, you know, for those of us that are in that kind of, I can do ten or I can do fifteen, losing a couple of pull-ups, it's not the end of the world, right? It doesn't really matter. Mm. But then somebody, as you say, who is uh, competitive, losing those few pull-ups could be just as sort of devastating as somebody who's lost that first pull-up yeah, because definitely. they they know they need it. So, is there or yeah, is there anything you would say then about you know your your expectations or how to manage that there is realistically going to be some, uh, some backtracking in, in your progress during this period. And if there is, so how do you handle that as somebody who is wanting to compete and constantly striving to be, you know, I think uh, Ollie's mentioned a couple of times that CrossFit attracts a certain type of person. And I would say competitive CrossFit definitely attracts a certain yeah kind of person uh, and you 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 know you want to be the best you want to push it hard and you and one thing we always say is you're always competing with yourself right mm-hmm. and that's like we that's usually a positive so don't look at the person to your left or the person to your right you know you're competing with yourself you're doing better than you did last year yeah which is great when you are doing better than you did last year but when you're doing worse that can be quite quite tough
1: no yeah it's definitely it's definitely hard to, to sort of come to terms with um, the possibility of sort of going backwards, especially if you feel like you've worked really hard to achieve a certain goal that you referenced there, like getting your first pull up or even your first muscle up or something like that. But I think f- for me, like I, I'm quite fortunate in that I, over the years, I've managed to kind of accrue various bits and bobs. So I've got a, a fair amount to work with. But one thing I don't have is a pull up bar. And so for me, um, I'm sort of, I'm at that that stage where I've got a couple of muscle ups, but like, they're not amazing. And they're, they're sort of like hit and miss. Like One day I could have a handful and, and the next day I could have none. So I'm sort of in that that area where potentially I could be losing a skill almost entirely throughout this period. But I think the thing that I've had to sort of check myself with is, is yeah, I might not be able to do those skills. I might not be able to practice those things. But I know that I've got some things I can work with. I know that I've got other things I need to work on. So how much can I do in terms of maintenance of something that I feel like I've worked really hard to achieve with what I've got? And then how much can I then focus on perhaps something different? So for me, running, because I absolutely hate running like the plague. i I, will avoid it. that 5k thing that went around that was on my worst nightmare so yeah there's an element of sort of coming to terms with reality but there's also an element of using your drive towards perhaps a goal you had and fixing the focus on something else and trying to make sure that uh, because at the end of the day everyone likes to think that crossfitters do everything and they're good at everything but in reality everyone's got weaknesses so one thing that i've tried to do is think about right well I've got this thing that I'm really proud of having achieved, but I can't work on it anymore. So what can I do instead? And then be proud of at the end of it. So running is going to be the thing that I'm going to try and improve, for example, or like Shax and Ed have probably said this as well, but now's a great time to work on mobility. So you think your air squats are great. Let's make them even better. Those sorts of things. Like there's loads of different things that you can shift your focus on. It's just going to be that, that mindset change from, oh I can't do this that's going to suck to right what can I do and what can I do with what I've got to make myself better and be more prepared for when I come back
0: yeah it's a good point and and I think that you know we we've talked a, a lot on on this podcast or just when we've been having chats uh, with people in general about kind of there's quite a number of silver linings that you can find during this period And yeah, you know nobody's pretending it's a good thing that's going on mm-hmm. but there are you know, a number of, of things that when you really think about it, you're like, well, you know, actually, this is good for that. And, or this has helped, you know, this has forced me to do this or forced me to do that. Uh, and as you said, we all have, you know, if we had one weakness, that would be great. <laughs> but no doubt we will have multiple weaknesses. Uh, and I think one piece of advice I heard quite a long time ago, it's probably from um, Ben from Wad Prep that was on one of these mm-hmm. episodes in the past as well, was the idea of like picking one and, working on that as opposed to trying to work on everything at the same time which is what we have the tendency to do right so maybe i can't do double unders i can't do muscle ups i can't do handstand walks so on monday when i go into the class i go in early and i practice my double unders and then on tuesday i go in and i practice my butt and and when you're doing that you're just you're not really going to get good at at kind of any of them fast right because you're you're just trying too many things at once so work on one pick you know i'm going to work on my double unders so you know, a couple of times a week, I'll go in early and I'll just do a little bit of work on my double unders. Once I've got them in the bag, then I move on to that next movement that I was was struggling with. Mm. So this might be a good opportunity to be like, well, I can't, as you said, I can't practice my double unders I'm uh, sorry, my muscle ups. Uh, and you know, I can't practice this cause I don't have a, you know, I can't practice doing overhead squats cause I don't have a barbell. I can't, yeah. what can I practice doing? Oh, running like that one thing. So yeah. I'm going to force myself to practice that or, you know, double unders, it's the one I've I've not been practicing it's the one thing I just find that the lockdown is for some (laughs) mystical reason suddenly they're going unbroken a lot more than they were in the past so maybe it's just being outside (laughs) that's what it is so next time when we're back in the box whenever we've got double enders I'm like guys I'm just going outside I need (laughs) to do these it's the way I do them but yeah it's I think that's a a good idea then to look at your list of weaknesses Uh, and maybe it's not a huge weakness so maybe the reason you've been working on this other skill is because it's like a real big kind of hole in your game. But if you can't work on it, you can't work on it. So mm. there's not I really think, much point to worry about it. Why yeah, you can't do
1: anything about it. To that point about not being able to work on something, I think particularly now that, that lockdown has hit pretty much every country around the world, with a few exceptions, there has been a wealth of people sort of on Instagram and, and over over the the internet, giving out lots of really good information about how you can work on certain things without actually working on them. So snatch is a good example. You you don't have a barbell. Oh, great, I can't snatch. But grab yourself a a broomstick. Great, you can work on your mobility. And when you come back, your mobility is going to be so much better on your snatch. So you can work on different little bits. So for example, the muscle-up. I can't do any any muscle-ups at the moment because I don't have rings or a pull-up bar or anything like that. But there's plenty of skills and drills out there that you that really, if you wanted to do a muscle up, you should have been doing in the gym anyway. But don't involve doing or trying to do a muscle up. So, I mean, it, it can be hard to sort of navigate the, the the minefield of Instagram and and stuff and YouTube sometimes. But there are there are some really good pages out there with some really solid advice that, like I said, even came out like when lockdown wasn't even a thought in anyone's head. And loads of really useful tips of things you can do when you've got limited equipment or if you're just working towards a drill that don't actually involve doing that drill. So you can still work towards, like you said, these these things that you might consider as big holes in your game, um, or or things that you're really trying to achieve without having like every weird and wonderful bit under the sun. So I think there's certainly some sort of light in there that people might be able to find when they think that their world's crashing down because they might lose their first pull up but yeah also like I said picking something else something you know you can work on because you've got the kit to do it a pair of running shoes great I can go and work on my running or I've got a skipping rope cool I can start practicing my double unders those sorts of things So, so as well as just finding what you can do on that that thing that you want to work on as well as finding a focus for that desire to improve for something else kind of marrying the two of those up together I think should help It it's certainly helped me anyway in terms of kind of not getting too downbeat about not being able to do certain things it's
0: a really interesting point and I, I hadn't necessarily thought about that uh, I mean I'm not competitive in the slightest so it's fine <laughs> more hogs in my game the better it, it means an easier <laughs> the line. but um but but it's interesting because again looking at the like silver lining side of things you know trying to put a positive spin on it doing those movements that don't Involve the actual movement itself, you know, all the little bits that we do to in the lead-up that you're saying, you know Okay This is something you'd be doing on a rig. You don't have a rig But did you know that doing this movement with a dumbbell or this movement with a just a broomstick will help you in the long run? It's again one of those things where in an ideal world You probably should have been doing that and you should have done that for a long time and maybe Mm -hmm. you did do it very quickly until you could at least somehow get onto the rig and do that move kind of we we, you know because that's not cool and sexy but the next step is so that very first step we tend to as soon as we haven't even mastered it but we're like I can kind of do it possibly we can then jump to the next bit that is the more fun bit Mm. so having your hand forced a little bit to say well no look you can't do that now so now you have to yeah. Or, you know, you, you mentioned, um, like the snatch and the, or, you know, the overhead squat, something like that. Of course, if I'm in a class and everybody is doing an overhead squat with a barbell, you can, you can guarantee that I also want to be doing it with a barbell because that, you know, I want yeah. to look like everybody else when maybe I just don't have the mobility. I should never have been putting myself in that position with, you know, a minimum of like 20 kilos overhead. So now is a good time to say, right, get your, you know, just get a stick and practice that overhead mobility doing the squat. And, and now when you go back in X number of months, you can do it with, with a barbell because actually you, you've, you know, you've sorted that issue. You've now got yeah. that mobility that you need. Whereas when you were in the box with everyone else around, everybody's watching, even though they're not really watching, but you, you could feel their eyes on you anyway. Yeah. We We tend to run a little bit before we can really walk properly. Yeah. You know, we can kind of limp along, but we're like, Let's walk in, right? And we jump onto the running. So again, perhaps doing these little accessory bits that is all we can do uh, mm. will have, a, again, a really positive knock-on effect when we get back.
1: Yeah, and I think that that applies to, to anyone in the scale, sort of your novice who just walked in the gym two weeks ago, all the way up to those, those guys who are seriously pushing for like sanctionals and stuff like that. I can't remember exactly what the quote is, but but someone said something along the lines of master the basics until you can do sort of like do them perfectly and then go back and try and master them again. So even though you might think, right, I've got this perfect air squat, so ergo, my back squat should be good. Right, we'll, we'll go back, see what you can improve because there's always going to be a little room to squeak out just a little bit more improvement in something. And that's going to transition on to to anything that sort of leads from that movement. So the squat, for example, if you can improve your squat, that's going to help you on your clean and jerk, it's going to help you on your snatch, it's going to help you on all your different squat variations. And even if you are, like I said, a really high level competitive athlete, a small change in the basics, a small improvement in the basics can actually have quite, when you multiply it up in terms of like adding load or adding complexity to the movement. Can actually multiply up to quite a significant improvements like even in efficiency for example like cycling reps and stuff like that if your air squat is is i don't know just a little bit better than it was before lockdown then murph is going to feel a lot easier on your knees and your hips when you come back
0: yeah and i guess again if you look at it from then the other side of things that you're not a competitive crossfitter, but you're doing it for general health and fitness mm. making sure that your movement pattern is as good as, you know, as near perfect as it can be, you're going to limit the risk of injury or of doing something wrong down the line. So exactly, it is, I guess it's a bit like everybody is very self-reflective at this time in general on, on life, aren't they? Uh, and all you're doing is taking that same lens and applying it to the, you know, the foundation movements within, uh, within CrossFit and just saying, hmm. hey, just, you know, just work on them check that they're that they're that they're good so it's not vain to record <laughs> your your workout or your lift or your movements if you're doing that to to have a look and try and and see where you can can improve and how yeah, you definitely. can uh, limit that negative impact down the line uh, and yeah. if you're doing it competitively maybe you know i think that was a, a great point about like cycling speed and uh, of reps and things like that yeah definitely if, yeah. if your movement pattern is is smooth and 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 good even though you know, you're doing it at the moment with no weight, when you add weight, it's not going to change the fact that you've got that you know, muscle memory down of a very good, smooth movement pattern.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like you said, like the, the guys that are just starting out, like we've always got this tenet of consistency, then, add, then you add the intensity. Like, uh, movement, then, then consistency, and then intensity. So can you, can you do the movement? Can you do the movement repetitively? And then then you can start to add things like load and speed and stuff like that. And it's um, for these new guys coming in, like some of them we talked about um, competing. Some of them might not know that that's something they want to do in the future. But making sure you've got those foundations nailed at the start is A, going to lead you to to potentially be better at what you're doing anyway. So you're going to feel more competitive. You're going to feel like you can achieve more, but it's also going to reduce your risk of things like injury. I mean, it's honestly amazing. The number of times I've been to a a competition and I've I've seen people struggling to do an air squat (laughs) and stuff like that. And it's just like, well, you clearly haven't spent the time working on the foundations. You've like, you ought to use your analogy. You're running before you can walk. So just taking a step back and, and within the bigger picture, like I said, working with what you've got to do what you can and, and reframing those goals, it's whatever you can do, whatever you can achieve now is going to help you in the future. And I think if you, it's going to be very easy for people to go, oh, I don't have X, Y, and Z. I'm just going to pack it in for two months. But there's so much you can do that is going to help you at any level of CrossFit or, or fitness racing that... It's, it's valuable just to sit back and say, right, what can I do? Okay, I can improve my squat. Great, that's going to translate over to this. I might not be able to max out my back squat for the next couple of months, but I know I can improve my air squat a ton, and that's going to help me across all these different areas. So, yeah, just reframing that, that, that goal and, and what you can achieve.
0: So Talking about goals, uh, because obviously we all, had, we all had goals before this happened. And we've talked a lot about reassessing our goals during this period. Mm. So I guess the the logical final question then is what kind of goals are you setting or what goals could maybe all of us be setting for once this is over? So do you have kind of, you know, this was my goal before. Yeah. I've changed my goal slightly because of this sort of, and obviously our goals, you know, you're talking about these smart goals and having specific time time uh, limits or you know the times when we need to achieve certain things perhaps that side of things is going to be a little bit flexible at the moment for a future goal because as you said competition in six months time is that going to happen yes no maybe who knows it's quite difficult but do you think your your goals coming out of this will mirror exactly your goals before going in or do you feel there's going to be a slight adjustment or, or tweak to those goals coming out of lockdown?
1: Yeah. So I I think, I think long-term, my goals haven't really changed. Like you said, the time frame has changed because there was a few competitions over the summer that I, I well, certainly some of them haven't gone ahead because the, the date, date has been and gone and there's some that were going to be later that have all been pushed into 2021 and, and things like that. So, so the long-term goal ultimately is, is relatively the same, but I think it's for me, and just speaking just for myself, it's the short-term goals that have changed, and I know that I, as I said, I'm quite fortunate in that I've managed to gather up quite a bit of kit, so I can roughly stick to to what I was doing beforehand with with some adaptations. Again, what what you can do with what you've got. So I've still got some. Uh, the, the tweak really has been a mindset shift for me. It, it's about not looking at my programming being like can't do half of that because i don't have the kit it's looking at it and going right what what can i do based on what i've got here and how can i still achieve and shacks would have talked about this as well achieve the same stimulus with different movements different kit those sorts of things to make sure i'm maintaining the things that i need to given the the kit that i don't have or, or the ability to do certain things that i don't have anymore and where can i improve so again, like I said, rather than saying, right, well, I, I can't do any muscle ups, so screw it, I'm going to lose my muscle ups. What can I do to work on my muscle ups now? Because that is a goal of mine is to start getting bigger and bigger sets of muscle ups. What can I do at the moment that, that means when I come back to being able to do muscle ups, I'm still going to be able to have some capacity there and still be able to, to sort of not embarrass myself for want of a better phrase. But then what did I think was, was a hole in my game before? So I've already talked about running. Running's never been a strong suit. Neither has um, my pushing strength, so push-ups and bench press and things like that. They've never been very strong for me. So I'm perhaps going to focus a bit more on those. And um, actually, funny, <laughs> just popped into my head. There's a, there's a couple of us from, from Bath and a, a couple of other guys who used to be Bath that are no longer there. We've got like a little group chat. And at the moment, we're doing like a weekly challenge. So again, this is all just like skills and drills and stuff, like things that we think maybe one of us are good at and the rest aren't, but we can all work on them. So I think like last week was 100 push-ups a time. And that was god-awful because my pushing is terrible. But it's something I know I need to improve on, so I was more than happy to sort of dive in. And again, no kit needed. Like it's just something you can work on. This week is a max handstand hold. Again, something a bit fun, but it, it's a skill you can work on with no kit or very little kit. So, yeah, it's finding ways and means to work on what you can, but also maybe like trying to shift your mindset and then thinking about how to keep yourself accountable to certain things. Because, again, I'm I'm not going to pretend that that sort of working out at home on your own is necessarily the most fun thing in the world and it's going to be very easy to sort of slack off. So, yeah, just just making sure that what you're doing and what you're working towards, you know, is going to be achievable and you can keep yourself on that track and sort of not let yourself get too disheartened by the things that that maybe you can't do right now knowing that maybe three or four months down the line you're going to be able to come back to them and you just want to be as prepared as you can when you when you are able to do them
0: i guess uh my final question for for you and we'll see how before we then spotlight somebody uh is just uh, and we mentioned this very briefly when um i was talking with emily uh, on her episode mm. uh, so There are obviously a a lot of people that are doing CrossFit, as we said, just for health. They're not competing, but how how can we put this in a in a nice way? So, the idea of doing like a local competition or just a little throwdown, you know, again, not we're not talking about the games. We're not talking about you know going to a a sanctioned event, but just that idea of doing a little bit of 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 racing, just a little bit. What would you say to maybe someone that is kind of thinking, oh, I don't know, I, I don't think I can absolutely bury myself every time in a workout to to do that is there still you know is it still good for them to maybe just try it a little bit or is there something they can do to kind of get that that little bit of experience of well this is what it's like to do a competition and this is why you might want to do it even if you are not you know this super elite Mm -hmm. athlete but it could still be you know a bit of fun and there are still maybe some benefits you're going to find from doing that
1: yeah absolutely I mean it's one of those things where you, you don't really know if it's going to be for you until you've given it a go and you talk to there about um, you sort of local box throwdowns um, and things like that. They're they're a great opportunity to sort of pop your toe into the, like, the competing pool, if you if you want to call it that, and just have a go. And, and I think a lot of people surprise themselves because uh, when you're sort of in the middle of a class, you can sort of hide in the back a little bit go as hard as you want to but you don't necessarily have to like kill yourself if you don't want to and i'm not saying like (laughs) that you should necessarily be doing that every session anyway but um i think a lot of people will will surprise themselves with with how hard they can or or what they are able to achieve given sort of the incentive of of like a competition atmosphere and it it might not be for you you might do it and hate it but you'll never know unless unless you give it a go and I, i think it's to be honest a lot of it is just a great great experience like but for me I said it was to fill that competitive gap left left by playing sport but there's yeah there's certainly lots that that people who even might consider themselves relatively new to it obviously we need to make sure that people have got the basics down and they're not going to put themselves in any serious risk of injury by by doing this but if you if you have a word with a coach for example and talk about what's sort of like the minimum movement standards might be so can you do it an air squat properly can you burpee without hurting your shoulders and all these sorts of things like the minimum movements then there's going to be something out there that you can like dip your toe into and have have a go at i mean if you you think about any sport like football for example about 95 percent of players are non-professional or something stupid like that like it's all grassroots grassroots is where where it all starts and it's it's the biggest body of people. So everyone out there that thinks, oh no, competitive CrossFit, that's just for like the Matt Fraser's and the the tier twoys out there. It's not. You can have, you can have a blast doing a competition, even if I don't know you you, you feel like you're completely out of shape or or you, it's just maybe not something you've ever thought of doing. You're not competitive at all. You'll still have fun doing it, especially these team comps or or paired competitions. It's a great chance to just pair up with someone, have a laugh. Throw down, have a few beers afterwards I mean you don't need to even take it too too seriously if i'm if I'm completely honest if you 're just doing it to to see if you enjoy it um but yeah certainly I, I would encourage anyone to to at least have a go at some sort of competitive fitness racing e- even on the small scale because I mean speaking for myself, but I think it's just just really fun like i said i'm not the best athlete in the world, but it's a good jolly so yeah
0: i I like the idea of like the small scale doing something like that so i I floated this idea with Ed just because I, I think Ed and Dell need to throw down. So there was a, uh, th- th- you know, there's been some shots fired from both sides. Okay. So I, I was saying to him on the last episode, like, oh, you know, you guys, when lockdown ends, you should throw down. And I think I'd love to hear from other people in in both boxes, like who would they want to throw down again after lockdown? And I think that should happen. I think we should make a list. Yeah, and That would run be like a couple of like, kind of a, a very small local little comp, just sort of get these guys to all have a throwdown. So who would you want to include in your, in your personal, is there anyone, I mean, apart from deck, is there anyone that's you... an
1: <laughs> obvious choice really? It's got to be deck. Yeah. Can't, can't leave my boy deck out.
0: All right. So you see, I think this would be good. I think this would be a fun little, um, run a little comp, get a few of these people that are notoriously, you know, especially, especially during lockdown, everyone's got far too much time on their hands to start, uh, start firing Stop a few shots across arrival. the board and...
1: yeah i don't know if you um so back when i was training at bath during the open there was always shacks versus ollie that was like yeah. the throwdown during the open that's quite that'd be good that'd be bring good it bring it back back as well yeah definitely shacks for ollie all right so
0: we've got shacks ollie you and deck and Dell. Del. this is see it's, it's writing itself
1: it's yeah it's gonna be...
0: I'm, I'm putting it out there i'm, I'm going to organize this take my cut And and the good thing is if I organize it, there's no way I have to do it.
1: Oh, no, no, you have to do it. It wouldn't be fair
0: because I'd know the workouts beforehand. So (laughs) that unfair advantage is what obviously put me ahead. (laughs) Well, it's been great talking to you, Dan. Now, before I let you go and get on with your life, as I I know you're a busy guy, especially at this time, probably so much that you're meant to be doing. We just wanted to uh, give a little shout out to one of our, our members and I've been very kind to pick somebody from Trowbridge, so oh, thank you, someone you'll know.
1: Hopefully.
0: So, <laughs> I've no doubt you will. Oh, I said that. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm fairly confident you will. Um, so, <laughs> uh, for our spotlight survey today, we're going to be talking about linter Oh yeah, yeah. And now, the yeah. reason I I was pretty sure you'd know her is because one, she trains at the bridge, so that you know that that's made it easier already. Yeah. And when asked what time she normally trains, she said eight o'clock so i'm assuming that's 8 p.m.
1: 8 p.m. Yeah.
0: yeah and i heard earlier that you said you coach a few evening classes so yeah. you, you see i'm doing the i'm doing all the hard detective work here <laughs> now i was going to say that i don't think i'd ever trained with linder for that reason because the few i've done at the bridge have always been sort of 5 o'clock you know post podcast time yeah as they say as i say nobody else <laughs> but Today, 10 o'clock on the Zoom class, she was there. So we have officially, which means, uh, Lindsay, you'll be listening to this now, uh, but obviously at time of recording, I know what you're really thinking is what a mistake it was to Zoom into that class today and what was Shaq's thinking with that ridiculous plank thing at the end of the workout because uh, that hurt a lot. So it's a very personalized shout-out today.
1: Her favorite movement
0: in CrossFit, any
1: ideas? Oh, I think it's going to either be a squat or a deadlift.
0: That's a very good, very good guess. Her favourite movement is indeed the deadlift. Deadlift. I'm guessing that and the other option you said was a squat. So I'm guessing a lot of leg strength is... Yeah.
1: Uh, Lindsay loves herself a barbell.
0: Yeah. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Anybody that's told to go and do a thruster, I suppose. Yeah. (laughs) Her most hated movement?
1: Rowing or burpees
0: you're doing really well with these guesses. It is burpees. Burpees. And see, rowing would be a better hated movement because she now have a long period of time where she can't do that.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, burpees, the one movement we can all do in lockdown. So yeah, Yeah.
1: exactly. The death by burpees. I've actually enjoyed that.
0: Yeah. I, I conveniently missed that one um, oh, okay. actually because I had to record the podcast with Ed and we were recording right in between the two the two stupid. workouts. That was, that was strategic. I, do you know what, I, I think Deck asked me if I was going to be on the class yeah. that day, and I was like, "Oh, sorry, I'm no, I'm I've got an appointment, I'm going to miss it." And about two minutes later, the email went out, and it was "Deaf by Burpees." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> what, what actually... a shame!" Although I did it on the first Zoom workout we did that was "Deaf by Burpees." Oh yeah, yeah. beaten by my son, which was humiliating. But he's he's like half your size, isn't he's, he? So. He's one of the few people on earth that is half my size, so that's. <laughs> But then I did a month of a hundred yeah, burpees a day. Say, so yes. I was curious, curious to know if I would do better, but not curious enough to go and do death by burpees yeah. on my own. So <laughs> next time Shaxx programs, it will see, we'll see what happens. How did she find CrossFit? Well, classic a friend introduced her and she says she'd been doing it about two years. That sound about right to you. About right. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Fun fact. We have a fun fact and it's actually a fun fact. It's not a question. It's not. <laughs> oh dear. So fun fact is that Jenga is a Swahili word that means to build.
1: Oh. Did you know that? I've got a funny feeling in the back of my head that I, that I knew that it was meant something, but I didn't know it was Swahili for, for, build. for build. You knew that a word meant something. Yeah, and it was surreal. complete nonsense. No, my, my knowledge of Swahili is
0: not amazing. I think yeah. I know that like Simba means lion yeah. and like Mufasa means king or something like that. So my my Lion King Swahili is yeah. pretty good. <laughs> the, the rest of my Swahili, I'm afraid, is is lacking. Uh, I'm, I'm much better at tree if you want an African language. So um, I'm sorry to let you down like that. Great. So I think that was a fun fact. Yeah. I mean, that's a great, again, post-lockdown fun fact. Next time you finally get to gather together
1: with people. Yeah, that's why it's going to help with all those Zoom pub quizzes. Anyway, it might pop up there. We're all going to be so, we're going to be masters at pub quizzes by the yeah. end of
0: this. Pubs will reopen just for the quizzes. Just for the pub. Prob- yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Dan, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking today. Speaking yeah, to thanks, you thanks. today. That's better. <laughs> lost. <laughs> I have lost the ability to speak, which is slightly worrying. But uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll get it back soon. So. Thank you so much for for making the time to to speak to me today. I think it's been really interesting, and I hope that people have uh, maybe looking at com- the competitive side or the fitness racing side in a, a slightly different way, and seeing that again, there's not they're not necessarily polar opposites, the health and the sport, but there is quite a bit of overlap uh, within. So I think that was a an important discussion to have. I, I feel like at times maybe I'm giving the impression that we should not do it at all and that it's just for health. So I thought I'd better, I'd better correct that quickly. (laughs) So thanks again, Dan. Thank you everybody for for listening. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. I'm sure we'll have another great one next week. Um, So until then take care everybody and I'll probably see you on a zoom call. Oh, and I want to check it's Lee. Hooray.
1: Oh, here we go. Like hooray. No, not quite. Hooray. 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 So, hooray. like puree. Like puree. Like puree. Like puree. Le puree. Le puree. Le Yeah. Is that French? Uh, it's definitely it? French. Yeah. Yeah. So, me and my wife are actually from Guernsey and Channel oh, Islands. Okay. Le puree. Oh, hooray. Le puree.
0: Le. Le puree. Le, le, wow. Yeah, because I've just read it many times.
1: Yeah, I've honestly, never... I've, had, I've had so many weird pronunciations of it in the past. It's, yeah. I've sort of gotten used to it, but... Yeah, I've been there, done that, don't worry, I know all
0: about... Yeah. I've the other side. So in Italy, they don't have the J, like in yeah. the alphabet. Oh, of course, yeah. So I've spent 10 years of people not even being able to say my first name, of <laughs> let alone Croxon, yeah, yeah. <laughs>